0: This is the Let's Get Real Estate Show with your host, Danielle Chason. Full-time investor, strategic consultant, motivational coach, sought-after speaker, and host of your number one real estate investing show, Let's Get Real Estate. Where real people
1: are doing real estate. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Let's Get Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Danielle Chason, and this is the show where real people are doing real estate. And today we have Steve Arneson. I am super stoked to have him back. He got really real with us last time uh, on the show, and today we're going to talk about all about raising capital and how to attract money. You don't want to, yeah, money, money, money. You do not want to miss it uh, because this man has done uh, probably by now, so it's been almost about $15 million in capital raise. Uh, By the time the show airs, he'll be north of that, well north of that. And, uh, yeah, they've got over 180 doors, I think 178 doors, 28 properties, and growing. And, um, yeah, you don't want to miss it, guys. I hope you enjoy the show. And with that, I'm going to let you listen. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. It's Danielle on here with the Let's Get Real Estate podcast. And I am excited to bring back Steve Arneson. Um, Steve is a real estate investor out in Victoria area. He's smashing it out there. Uh, He's got all kinds of stuff going on. And the biggest thing that I like about Steve and his business partner, Randy, is that they're constantly giving back. And um, their mandate is we wanna go big to give big. And they actually run their business and their principles around that. I wanna say thank you and welcome to Mr. Arneson. Woop, whoop! Thanks for being on the show today. What up? What up? What up? I love it. You're back. Thank I'm you.
0: Back. I'm stoked. Let's get it on
1: let's get it on let's what was it uh, um keeping it real let's keep it real
0: <laughs> Keep it real, yeah <laughs> that's what oh. that's typically when you got to pop the collar right
1: oh you got to pop the, oh, can i do that i can do keep that it real too. <laughs> okay so for those of you who are listening on the podcast we actually got the video too so you can go to see the video on uh, youtube um if it's launched yet because we're going to launch the youtube after we get the podcast going but yeah steve okay steve I want to talk about, you're just killing it out there in Victoria. And, uh, you know, when I'm talking to investors and going to live events and stuff, everybody's scared because they don't want to put a deal under contract because there's no money. How am I going to get the money? I don't have the money. And you are the money man in your business. And uh, you have raised, gosh, close to 15 million, if maybe not more, uh, by the time this airs in, uh, in, in money and capital in order to make your deals happen. And that is freaking phenomenal. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about that, but before we do for the listeners who didn't catch your first one, by the way, you should go back and listen to it because we really do keep it real on that episode. Um, it's a little long, but he goes deep and it's pretty impactful. So I think everybody should listen to that episode. Um, but yeah, I just want you to introduce yourself a little bit or reintroduce yourself for the listeners that have heard you before. Um, and tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Yeah, you bet. Thank you for the opportunity, Danielle. Uh stoked to be here, as I mentioned before. Uh my name is Steve Arneson. I am the co-founder of a company here based out of Victoria, BC called The Reinvestors. And we are a basically an investment firm, or sometimes I like to call us a real estate inspiration company, because we do Active investments, yes, where we actively acquire properties, either as developments or passive income or flips, that kind of stuff. But we also have an educational channel as well. And in both aspects on things, we're always trying to inspire others in our networks, in our community, our partners to go bigger, to give bigger, to take on more, to be more aligned, to be financially aware, all that kind of stuff. So uh, we're we're a, a real estate inspiration
1: company. Real estate inspiration company. I love that. And you know what? You know what I love about that because it's so true. It's a hundred percent true with the way um, you run your business, the way you goal set, and the culture you've created around that company. Um, you also didn't mention we're part of, uh, or I'm part of uh, a mastermind which you co-founded with two partners, um, and it's just a, an awesome. Deep dive, exclusive mastermind that people can actually apply to join, and I'll put the show notes in that. But, um, but again, coming back to the whole inspira- inspiring, you, you do inspire people within that community as well. So I thank you for that. Yeah, um, is.
0: and we're just two average guys. Like, there's nothing really special about Randy or I. Uh, no offense, Randy, but <laughs> um, <laughs> <we> have, right. <laughs> We're, uh, we're just two people who, you know, had a goal and worked well together and had a dream and are just taking every you know, step possible to, to complete that dream. And uh, we believe that a raising tide rises all ships. And we just want to uh, help be the instigator of that, um, you know, of that tide rising and, and help lift up uh, the people who want to be lifted up.
1: I love that. A raising tide raises all ships. I'm writing it down. Love that. Um yeah, so um I want to raise the tide of money. Yeah. Um, How do we raise that tide? So let's talk a little bit about like how did you get into actually how did you get into that kind of fall into that position? I know like as I grow my organization, organically kind of fall into kind of your lane because when you're first building the business you do everything and then when you start bringing on people and as as the founder and you know the head of the company you and randy you start pulling back a little bit but then you start falling into like truly what your lane is and you're focused mostly on raising capital how did that happen how did you figure out that that was your calling
0: um, I think two different things. Uh, Randy and I both have sales experience. Uh, mine is um, more along the lines of business, and so I've been in sales basically my entire life. You know, I've built business channels since I was a young adult, and so I think that was that was the right fit, kind of from day one. But then, as we started the business, and as we started, as you said, organically filling holes, kind of thing, and fitting into the right uh, roles and responsibilities, um, we we noticed something that Randy's really great with—you know, big ideas, um, you know, selling the vision aspect on things. Uh, but lots of times, that that vision only gets them to the door, and it's the detail. <coughs> excuse me, it's the details that that bring him inside, and so. Uh, me being the very detail-oriented person does, again kind of naturally fit into that. So when I speak with investors or do different presentations, uh, my, my presentations and, and the facts within within everything are um, are there and apparent and upfront. And so uh, me being that detailed person, I can have these detailed conversations on you know what if this happens, what if that happens, where are you accounting for this, and, and all those different types of numbers and things. And where we're when we're dealing with high net worth individuals who have gone through this before with multiple other companies, they have particular questions. They want to see particular details. And, uh, of the two of us, I'm the guy that has that, you know, in my back pocket or readily available. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a great way to spend a day too, talking with cool people.
1: And you have the patience. I think it requires patience to be a detail
0: (laughs) and dealing with people.
1: (laughs) people very true very true so i think uh not that i'm saying randy's not patient but i think um, you're great We can, it's fine <laughs> um, yeah so randy's also on the show guys for those listeners uh we also have a great story uh with randy you can go back uh in the previous episodes and find randy's as well um uh, don't want to leave him out because we keep talking about him so if you're curious about who he is Uh, go back and find it. But yeah, you know what, I think it takes a lot of patience in order to be detail oriented. You're right, talking to people, um, and really like dive into the nitty gritty of things. And you got to have a passion for it too. So um, I know you're the guy that wants to get in there and figure out the why behind everything and what's going to happen here and what's going to happen there. You and I are very much like that too. So,
0: um, So
1: I can appreciate that. So let's see, how does that translate into, do you think that's a quality that people need to have in order to raise capital? Like you're doing at a higher level. I know when, you know, if you're dealing with people with smaller amounts, you might not need to go that deep. Um, and I think as you grow and you start building, you start raising more capital and higher amounts. I think maybe you start developing your processes. Wow. But let's start at the beginning and how that ev- evolution started for you.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think that it's, you know, it's a mandate to have as your personality. You know, I know lots of different people in, in successful sales positions uh, with all different types of strategies and personalities. You know, some are very Grant Cardone, for example, him and I would be pretty opposites in, in terms of how we, uh, you know, how we promote ourselves in a sense. Um, and it seems to work. You know, I don't I don't know what his business really does or anything, but obviously he's has a business and it seems to be doing really well. Uh, mine is a little bit more patient perhaps. Um, I'm the, the way I position my side of things is I'm an educator. So I just tell you information about the deal and the information that you want to know. It's your decision. If you want to be, you know, in our, our projects or work with us or not, I'm not going to force your hand. I'm not going to sell you into it. I'm just going to tell you how we do our business and why we're better than everybody else. And then it's your decision to, to, pick and choose who we want to work with and different strokes for different folks. Some people vibe with me because, you know, I'm a fairly chill detailed person. Other people don't vibe with me because they want a much higher, I don't care about the details. What's the vision? Like tell me all the upside, all that kind of stuff. And those people I send over to Randy. And so, um, you know, the, the key I think is just be nice, be genuine, you know, be there to serve them and then just be accurate and know your stuff and be honest.
1: Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's really important to be genuine for sure. Um, and you should be, I think you should be genuine with yourself.
0: Yeah. I'll give you an example. So back in the day, so, you know, now, you know, uh, we're five and a half years into our business, you know, we've raised basically $15 million, probably 15 million. It's 14.8 now, but you know, by the time this airs, it'd be 15, uh, we've done 28 properties plus, um, you know, we've, we've worked with dozens of different investors all across North America, but rewinding back to those first couple of deals where we're asking people for, you know, 150 K plus, um, you know, there were, there was some, some areas of awkwardness and fear being of rejected and being like, you know, who am I, a self-worth issue of who am I to be asking for, you know, 150 grand, you know, this is my first or sorry, my second property ever purchased, like, I think I'm right. I'm pretty sure I'm right. Everybody else tells me I'm right. But these numbers like, yeah, I don't know, who knows, you know, let's just figure it out. So back then, that authentic, you know, transparent honesty, the conversation was, hey, here's all the information. Here's the references that we've collected that information. So like stats being it's a good deal on purchase price. Stats being, you know, rental rates. Stats being quotes for for renovations and things. So having all that tucked away, making sure that that's dialed in, being able to present that to your partner or investor. The next part of it, if they're asking different questions on, you know, what happens if, um, you know, the tenants are smoking in the building and they set the place on fire, are we covered by insurance. I'm not going to say yes. I'm not going to say no if I don't know. I'm going to say, damn, that's a great question. I haven't thought of that before. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Uh, I have the insurance policy, you know, in our Google drive, let's bring that up together, or I can just call our insurance agent and ask them right now. So regardless, I don't know, I'm owning that, but I'm going to go find out. I'm going to go find it really
1: quickly to get back to you. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think we talked about this on the last episode too, where, you know, when somebody comes in and they're just trying to feed you a line, and trying to skirt around the fact that they don't really know. I think people can sniff that out. And it, if you're genuine, I mean, I hired an accountant based on that. I asked him a question he didn't know. And he goes, You know what? Just give me a second. And he laughed. And I was like, I just asked you a question. You're leaving me. And then he came back with a book about this big. And I'm probably, you know, it was probably like four inches thick for the listeners. <clears throat> it was about four inches thick and then he starts flipping through this and then he actually read the code uh out of a book and i was like dang okay so this guy isn't gonna bs me you know in a meeting to get my work and this is when i was vetting i was asking like really hard questions to see you know how deep they understood where, where i was going and uh yeah he went and got a book and i went okay you know what he's not gonna try to guess he's actually gonna go find out and that uh, meant way more to me than somebody who's just going to give me a line uh, to satisfy and answer that question. So I think you're 100 percent right in that um, being authentic. Not nobody knows everything about everything. So, yeah. um, so and I think you're that's... right.
0: People can smell BS, and the the beauty of it is one being upfront about it and saying you don't know shows them that you're being honest. It takes away that you know potential spidey sense of your partner. You know, constantly wondering if you're being honest or not in other future conversations. But even more importantly, now, you know, and on the next time you can answer that question, boom, right off the bat. Now you look even better to the next people that you're talking
1: to. 100%. And you also, so it, it it shows that you're not scared of doing the work to find out what the answer is. Um, 100%. I agree with you there. So you did mention though um, when you, you know, when I said, how did you kind of fall into that lane or, you know, you said you had a sales background. Do you think that's important when it comes to raising capital to have a sales background or, you know, it helps? What What is it about the sales background that helped you along the way, would you say?
0: Uh, it absolutely helps. Um, is it essential? No, I think people can learn skills, um, but it absolutely helps. There's a lot that goes into sales. Um one facing constant rejection people saying no i don't want to work with you or no i don't want to be a part of that deal no i don't have money right now so you know there's pressure that comes along with it you know as we speak right now i'm closing on a on a deal october 1st which is eight days away and you know we have all the verbal commitments for it just money's not in the bank so i got a week to make sure that money's in the bank but there's definitely going to be some gray hairs that pop up from people waiting until the last minute. So there's some stress and some pressure there. And obviously if I don't bring the capital, the deal doesn't go forward as planned. So there's, there's a reliance on that capital that the rest of the team sees as well and can feel the pressure on things. So you have to be able to take that type of, that type of pressure and criticism. Um, you know, you have to be good with people sales, you know, they teach, you uh, you know, different language to use, you know, uh, ways to approach conversation, ways to reach out to absolute strangers, all that kind of stuff kind of comes with experience. And if you don't have that experience from the get-go, it just takes a little bit longer to to get, right? And so, um, you know, me being in sales for most of my life, starting the real estate aspect of things five and a half years ago, you know, I would—I probably wouldn't be at the position that I'm in today if I didn't have the, the previous history in, in, in sales. But would I be there next year? Sure, I can give myself a year to like, you know, uh, learn and polish those skills to be, you know, where I'm at today.
1: So, um, the one thing I think is interesting in this part of the conversation is that, you know, we're talking about sales and how it helped you, but wouldn't you say raising capital is a bit of a salesy job because, you know, you're like without, you're going out there looking for customers and looking for clients, right? I mean, they're private money partners, but you do need them maybe as clients or customers in your business in order for the business to keep moving forward. Right. I mean, you are selling a product, which is an opportunity to invest. Would you, would you say that's true?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Like, you know, with, with any business without money, you don't have a business. And so uh, you know, capital drives business and it drives acquisitions for our, our model we We acquire real estate, and that's what you know ultimately at the end of the day, whether we're doing a birth strategy, a development, an income property, a flip, you know we need capital to acquire the property and then get paid at the end of the day. and so um you know, without the investor capital, we wouldn't be able to be where we're at now. Uh, I consider it from my personal perspective, as I kind of mentioned before, it's the kind of educational type of role for me. Uh, everybody knows and hates that experience going into a, you know, a typical car salesman experience. You walk in there and you leave with a new car and high financing rates. You're like, what the F just happened. (laughs) That is, that is the worst thing you can do in this particular world. When you're talking about investment and you're talking about people's futures and you're talking about, you know, retirement funds and those, that kind of stuff, like people's livelihoods. Sure. You know, a new, a new Honda's what 50 grand. Like people can recover from that or like sell the lease or sell the car and get all that back. You know, that's not always the case, you know, with a $100,000 million investment. So uh, for me, it's less about, you know, the salesy action. And uh, for the listeners, I did quotations there. And (laughs) it's more about the relationship. And so when you're doing a development, when you're doing an income property, you're getting into a partnership, which is a long term thing. It's not a one-night stand. It's not like, you know, a McDonald's drive-through sweet, You know, I gave them eight bucks for a McHappy meal or whatever. Uh, no, it's not that. It's we're partners that communicate regularly, for years, and we need to make sure that we're the right fit to be in business together. So a lot of that conversation is not just like, "Hey, I'm stuffing information down your throat on the on the particular project." A lot of it is how we do business. How do you expect business to be done? And are our communication styles and uh, expectations alike? And if that is the case, there's a lot of trust that gets built from that and from those conversations. And then that trust turns into uh, this phrase. And I got to give a big shout out to to Brian O'Flynn because Brian was my first real boss who gave me any kind of mentorship. And he told me when I was 24 doing... Uh, a different a different career he's like people do business with people they like, and so mm-hmm. you don't like somebody if you don't trust somebody most of the time there's the odd exception, but uh if you can gain that relationship and if you can gain that trust you're then likable in the other person's eyes. People want to do with business with people they like because uh, if I hated you daniel i wouldn't be here because i wouldn't want to spend any time with you, so I wouldn't do any kind of business with you i wouldn't get into a marriage for five years for a development opportunity. And um, people do business so with people they like. Here.
1: He likes me. He said it here. <laughs> Hopefully, a year from now, we'll revisit this, and you'll still like me. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, guaranteed.
1: <laughs> I love that people do business with people they like. I mean, my coaches have said the same thing. You know, they don't buy into the product, they don't buy into the, um, you know, into the the project in our case, or into the opportunity. That plays a factor, but at the end of the day. They buy into you. It's you they trust. It's you they believe in. It's you, it's your vision that you've painted for them that they buy into, and and they want to jump on that on that ride with you. And so, uh, and I say this all the time too, Steve. Like you mentioned this um, about you know building a relationship. I say this like I'm relational. I'm not transactional. I want to build a sustainable business long term. And I don't even know if relational is a word, but it's a word that I use. So so there it is. I've coined it. Perfect. <laughs> I don't know- an actual word, but I'm, I'm more <laughs> a relationship person than I am a transactional per- I'm not interested in transactionals. And, uh, and I have, like, at the end of the day, I do a discovery call with everybody. Um, that wants to work with me, and we have to be in alignment. Our business models have to match, and I have said no. And the reason why is because I don't believe it will be sustainable long-term because we're not on the same path. Sometimes business models just don't match, and it it doesn't even have to do with the person. Sometimes it's the person, but sometimes it's the model. And that's okay because everybody has their own path to to travel on. But you're right. People will do business with people they like, and you're 100% right to be more relationship- Based when you're raising capital, um, from my own experience, I 100% validate everything you've said there. 100%. Um, now, everybody, you know, when I'm in a in a in a networking when I'm at an event or whatever, and I'm networking with the attendees, what um. A lot of people say, "Where am I going to find the money?" So, where, like, how do you track that money? Where do you find the money? Because everybody says there's money out there, Steve, but where the heck is it? Because is it in somebody's backyard? Where do you go get that money?
0: Yeah, I typically just take a uh, you know metal detector down to the beach and <laughs> save up some quarters. And
1: yeah, um,
0: there's there's lots of different ways to find money. You know, there's you know we spoke a lot about live events on our on our other podcast that we did together. Uh, So you can go to networking events, you know, chamber of commerce stuff, city stuff, you know, real estate meetups themselves, you know, join different networks, maybe you, I like hockey, right? So I, pl- I play on hockey teams. And just within that, you know, there's a social element to it. And so in that social element, everybody asks, like, hey, what do you do if it's a new team? You build those types of relationships. You kind of sprinkle in what you do, and eventually, you know, there's there's a time and place to have you know uh, serious business types of conversations if it's going to be the right fit. There's Facebook groups. There's LinkedIn groups. Like social media is the easiest way to you know get exposure out to uh, uh, to finding money because you can make one post and a thousand people see it. Um, whereas you know it would take me probably six months to call a thousand people um and then one of our favorite ways to do it is through acquiring uh proximity. And so how do you acquire proximity? You buy it and that would be pieces like masterminds. So there are groups out there like the one that we started that you're a part of called Synergy Mastermind. There's one that we're a part of called Thrive Make Money Matter which Cole Hatter started. Uh, you know, cool people, cool places by Travis Chapel. Uh, Fortune Builders. If you're down in the states, Keyspire. If you're in, if you're in Canada, uh, you know, uh, real estate networks like like Rain and and there's a million other like uh, other types of groups that you can buy a membership into. It maybe it costs you 200 bucks a month. Maybe it costs you you know 30 grand. Maybe it costs you 100 grand. But the people who can afford to be in those places have a very similar mind and the higher the buy-in, the higher the network. And your network is your net worth. And so I, you'll, you'll constantly find me joining and participating in other masterminds, in other groups to widen my audience of net to then share my knowledge and wisdom with those particular people to show them what I do, how I do it, the types of projects that we do, our track record, uh, and all that kind of fun stuff to to uh, encourage conversation.
1: Yeah, you're 100% right. You know, I just want to attest to what you just said because within Synergy, I've raised some money for um, some projects I've recently closed on. Um, and uh, I think there was two people within Synergy that I've raised capital with directly and I've gotten referrals to because those people know people with money. And so I've gotten referrals from them. So when you're part of a group like that, you don't just... Get to know and get to expand your network with the people that are in that group, but you actually get to also tap into their network, which is the really cool part. Um, And it just—it's almost like a spider web, and you can kind of like tap into all of that. So um, and great, yeah. Go ahead. Here,
0: here's one other thing I want to say on that too, because <clears throat> lots of times people think, "Oh crap!" Like maybe it's a ten thousand dollar thing, like Synergy was. Maybe it's a twenty thousand dollar thing. Maybe it's a fifty thousand dollar thing. If you're active in those groups and you're committed to showing up on calls and you're committed to being engaging with you know private calls with members with the Facebook or WhatsApp or whatever other types of channels, there's there's private groups on through that group. That's just going to be uh, you know, an active result. Like that's going to be expected, right? If you're not doing that, you're not showing up to calls. You're not going to the live events. You're not engaging with the the other members. You're not going to get the same types of results. It's that same thing of like you get out what you put in no different than these types of things. And, you know, knowing the investment you put into synergy, would you find that just from a, a financial ROI aspect on things and the capital that you raised, you would have a a spectacular ROI from just being a member.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's um...
0: same, same thing for all the pieces that we've been a part of that, that initial investment at, at first was like, ah, crap, this sucks. I'm broke again. But the wisdom that we've gained the knowledge that we've then implemented into our business and the network that we've been able to expose ourselves to has given us not only a 100x you know, financial return, but also a millionx you know, personal development return.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think that's key. I mean, we talk a lot about that. I've talked a lot about that with other people um, when it comes to mindset and that sort of thing. Um, It's so key and so instrumental to change your mindset and being in a group where people have gone on a self-development journey and have been able to change that mindset, it will actually impact you too when you're talking to potential people who are looking to invest because you have a different mindset. You're not going to them saying, yeah, I've got this. I figured this out. I've done three flips. I've done 10 flips. I know how to, you know, um, you know, I've done birds. I've successfully, you know, and, and it's a whole different conversation because that's not the conversation that lenders want to hear. Um, yeah. you know? And you can so, get
0: creative with it too. Like, for example, uh, you know, we talked a lot about disjoining masterminds that are related to ours, like real estate mastermind. Get creative with it. Some of the strategies that I've been doing over the last year have been joining groups that have nothing to do with real estate. Stock options groups, uh, technology groups, leadership groups, like CEO groups, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, there's specific messaging that you can do, you know, within that, you know, on the stock side of things, you know, we're looking at the markets for last week and we're like, ah, maybe I'm not super confident in them right now. Maybe that's part of the messaging that you do and be like, hey, you know, this is an awesome group. You know, obviously we all love stocks, but maybe we can take our, our, our profits that we've made over the last 18 months, which has been huge and divest that into something a little bit more stable like, like real estate. Keep a chunk in there, diversify, grow both, and there's, there's an option to win. Same thing you know, if you're talking to the, the, the tech side of things or the leadership or the CEO side of things. Join those different types of groups. Use the, uh, the strategy and the benefits and, and the personalities and the quirks that come along with that to leverage your own messaging and ignite and encourage conversation
1: hundred percent. Yeah. And I want to circle back to something you said about like three, four minutes ago where, you know, you go to these events and then you gain the knowledge and the wisdom. And then you said that we implement. And I think that's a lot the key that people miss because they, they go to masterminds, Uh, they go to networking events, they sign up for groups. And by the way, just because you're in Canada, doesn't mean you can't do fortune builders because you said fortune builders in Canada and Keyspire up here. And just for the record, I'm a member of both. So, (laughs) um, but in any event, I, um, I just wanted to say, the biggest thing is don't get so wrapped up in having to understand everything because you got to start implementing in order for it to one stick and two for you to get better. Um, Mm -hmm. And Steve said that he said the knowledge we've implemented and really that's where you'll find success guys. I just wanted to throw that out there. Steve, I have a question for you. When it comes to raising capital, what's the biggest challenge or a couple of challenges you've faced along the way? Like what are the, What are the issues you've encountered um, that made it hard? Um, I think one of
0: the biggest issues, well, the biggest issue is always just getting money in the bank. Mm -hmm. right? People, you know, you you can talk to a hundred people, 99 of them are optimistic and they're like, hell yeah, that sounds amazing. Then 50 of them actually like want to get on a call with you. Then 20 of them maybe want to, You know, take things to the next step. Review the documentation. You know, check you out. Make sure you are who you say you are. And then maybe half of them, you know, actually get to the bank and and transfer funds, kind of thing. So it's a bit of a numbers game, but at the same time, like that's the that's one of the biggest challenges is just just finding the right people who are going to be committed. And you know, there's been times where I've been like, yeah, a hundred percent guaranteed. This person is investing in this particular project. And then for whatever reason, maybe they they don't end up liking the deal, maybe. Uh, a life circumstance happens, and uh, you know they they need those funds. Maybe a pandemic happens, and their business gets shut down. Um, you know, there's a million different things that can that can prevent capital from from coming in. Maybe banks just take forever, and this is one reason why I like crypto. But um, mm-hmm. that would be a, a big hurdle. And I've definitely come to recognize and realize that it's the amateur investors who take up the most amount of time and have the most amount of fear and require the most amount of hand-holding. There's this gap between really experienced people and really novice people. The experienced people really want to dive into the details and understand the whole thing to make sure that they're educated because they know, they've been around the block a hundred times, they know exactly what to look for. Usually they're quick, but they want it all. And then there's this gap in between where they're like super confident, they understand it, they move forward quickly and they just get it done. And the, the, the main thing is getting through that first initial stage of just like, hey, what's real estate again? Yeah, I've got, you know, I've got, I've got 20,000. Like, that sounds cool, but it's my only 20,000. Like, if this were to go sour, like, I'd be screwed. Those are not the type of people that you want to work with. You want to, you want to work with people who, you know, if you're raising 20, 50, 100, a million, that's not going to be, um, you know, detrimental. To their lifestyle moving forward should you lose it i never want to be in the position so we basically take a standpoint that we're only going to uh, accept uh, up to half of somebody's potential investment uh, because that way they can diversify for one and rule number one of investing is diversification and two if for whatever reason the worst thing in the world should ever happen and armageddon hits and we lose money on a deal then uh, which has never happened by the way through 28 different projects. then we know that they're still safe and secure because they have, we didn't, we didn't lose everything that they had. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. That's a lot of responsibility to carry when you know, you've got everybody, somebody's complete life savings or everything that they've got. Um, That is a lot to carry. That's for sure. Um, But yeah, you know, I think, uh, I think you're right. Getting the money to the bank. It, it, it reminds me a little bit about like when you're vetting for properties, because as you know, I flipped houses for a long time. So you get so many leads and then, then you walk through the prop the properties and then those drop off and then you run the numbers and then a whole bunch more drop off. And then you put in an offer and then just to get to that offer stage, I mean, you've already reduced Um, you know, your lead gen maybe was a hundred to maybe five offers. And out of those five, maybe one gets accepted. So, um, it kind of reminds me of that, but I think, um, what, what it makes me think of though, what's important, would you say is following up?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Fortunately, (laughs) follow up and they don't say that for no reason. Like, yeah, follow up is, is critical. Um, Right. there's lots of ways you can have fun with it to not be a nagging pest. But uh, I'll give a, a quick example. Uh, we have an a email list of a couple thousand, and and uh, just from people that we've been able to connect with and, and build relationships with. And um, I think it was our last project. I sent an email out and pretty introductory email, you know, uh, just covering some of the basics about why we like this project and some of the numbers and and, and whatnot, and inviting people to join onto uh, um, what do you call it uh, a Zoom median to learn more about the project and maybe I got two or three responses from thousands on the email list the second one had a particular line in there that was said something along the lines of like hey you know don't know if you saw my other my first email but I just wanted to follow up to make sure that you saw this great opportunity blah 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 blah. basically the same thing after that got 200 people reach back out and the the follow-up game is just Uh, so, so important to one, building the relationship and two, you know, getting a hold of people to, uh, to close the deal.
1: But we're Canadian. We don't want to bother people. We don't want to annoy anybody.
0: (laughs) Sure. Yes. But, you know, this is going to sound super salesy. Uh, but you know, are you bothering them or are you giving them an opportunity to capitalize on, you know, your, your project?
1: Absolutely, I think uh, so. I, I I did a mindset shift about that for myself personally when one of my coaches said to me, uh, Danielle, if you don't follow up, you're robbing them of the opportunity to uh, get closer to their goals. Yeah, right. No, and exactly. So, you know, when you, know you have something to offer them that's legit, that's solid, and if they don't invest with you, they may invest with somebody else who may not be a solid investor because you didn't follow up. Then they took the next best thing that came along and maybe it was a bad investment because they got antsy. And, and, you know, so you don't want that on your head either. So follow up. What did you say? Fortune is in the follow-up.
0: <laughs> Fortune is in the follow-up. And uh, one thing that you said is like, you know, uh, maybe that investor goes to somebody else who's not as legit as you. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really cool thing. Uh, and something that I've had experience with is I've been in sales roles on a product that I don't believe in, mm-hmm. and way different type of conversation than a product that I do believe in. And obviously, right. I, I believe in our own products because we wouldn't be here if we if we didn't. Um, but that type of energy and enthusiasm is uh, received on the other side of things as well. So if you are selling something, pitching something, if you're if you're having these types of conversations make sure that it's a product that you actually believe in because if it's not something you believe in, it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt your soul. You're not going to feel fulfilled around it. You're going to feel like a dick. And then, uh, it's also going to be noticed on the other side of things and you're going to have a, an uphill battle.
1: That's great advice right there. Absolutely key. Um, because you're going to hate life if you're trying to sell something that you don't buy into. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I do want to mention this before we go. We're going to wrap up. But before we go, I do want to mention, um, you said when I was asking about like, where do you get your, your money from? Where's the money sources? And you said Facebook. And I just want to be clear with people to be careful. Um, there are rules around advertising for money. So just be careful. You can't do that. You're going to have to uh, look at your provincial financial regulating authority um, about advertising for opportunities So, um, if you want to hear more about that, you can reach out to Steve or myself, um, totally help you with that. But, um, you just got to make sure that you are doing what you're supposed to do within the law in your province. And that you're not soliciting people for money. There's there are ways to go about it um, that are proper. So just make sure you educate yourself. So I just want to say that because I don't want anybody taking what you said and getting into trouble. So <laughs> Yeah, no, it's um, a great
0: point. It's something that I overlooked and something that we spent a lot of time on is understanding BC securities and regulations on you know how to work with you know the individuals that we we turn away more money than we say yes to because we have to, because of BC securities. So mm-hmm. understand that from from day one as well.
1: Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, and here in Ontario, it's the OSC, which is the Ontario Securities Commission. Um, there's a federal level one as well. So just um, just make sure you make, make sure that you follow the guidelines provincially so you don't break any rules. Um, but it is possible if you want to see how uh, <laughs> uh, Steve is doing it. Just go into his Facebook group and see, see how he's doing okay. it. I'm, just steal. It's creative theft. That's what they call it. But uh, anyway, Steve wow lots of bombs there today thank you so much for sharing with my audience um the listeners i am certain are stoked about um the things that you've said today fortune is in the follow-up guys when it comes to raising private capital and um steve is there any last words of wisdom that you might have
0: um no not particularly i think that um the, the biggest thing out of all of this, you know, one of one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is what we, the, the last topic of just believing in your product. I think mm-hmm. that not only does it just help you through your day and it encourages you and keeps that motivation high and then and an energy high, but it then translates into the conversations that you're having and, and the difference knowing, you know, being on both sides of the coin is, is massive and uh, find something that you're educated in that, you know, that you can, you know uh, commit to for, for years to come and, and know that you're going to love every day. And when you love what you do, it's not work. It's just fun.
1: It's just fun. All right, guys, Steve, thank you so much for coming again and sharing your incredible knowledge, uh, with the world on our show. This is Danielle Chason. Sorry, Steve, go ahead.
0: I was going to say thanks for, for letting me be here.
1: Absolutely a pleasure. So thank you also to the listeners. If you're on and you like the show today, don't forget to hit like and um, share it with your socials if you think it's beneficial. Also, you want to hit that notification bell and subscribe so you get notified for upcoming podcasts so you don't miss anything and be the first to know. And don't forget to comment. I would love some feedback on the show and uh, this episode and how we can help all of the links that Steve said he was going to share. We'll have that in the podcast notes. His bio page is on the podcast website at letsgetrealestatepodcast.com. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next one, guys. Thanks so much, everybody. This is Danielle Chason signing out for the Let's Get Real Estate Podcast. Bye for now.